Welcome to this very special series brought to you by Straight to the Source and Food South Australia with support from the Department of Trade and Investment. We're coming to you today from the traditional lands of the Ghana people and we'd like to begin by paying our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people here today. We've taken our studio on the road to Adelaide where we're catching up with 10 exciting producers from regions across South Australia to find out what puts them at the forefront of creativity and innovation in food production. It's been really fantastic to spend time in South Australia over the last few days. It's really reinforced the diversity that's on offer here and the outstanding quality across the board. You can feel the connection and collaboration between producers and it's really wonderful because it makes them so much stronger together. Yeah, we've had we've had and heard some fantastic conversations with producers over the last few days and we're really looking forward to sharing their stories with you. And it's been mighty delicious. <laughs> Let's get started. Welcome to the Straight to the Source podcast. I'm in the studio today with Dominic Smith and Andrew Felke from Edible Reconciliation. And it's wonderful to have you guys here in Sydney. Uh, Dom, can you tell us about Edible Reconciliation? So Edible Reconciliation is a company formed by Andrew and myself to try and do some value-added products with native foods. Okay. And mm. Andrew, how did this come to be? Well, Dominic and I have been good mates for quite some years and I guess we started off, Dom, with uh, me starting to buy a bit of your native produce um, some years ago and um, uh, I've been in the native food game for a long, long time uh, as a chef and running my distribution business for 21 years and I've always uh, been looking out for uh, other ways to try and engage more with Indigenous peoples and I was just delighted to, um, our friendship grew, Dominic and I, and so we finally said, hey, let's get together and do something. So here we are. So here we are. So give us a bit of a timeline. Has this happened in the last two years or is this something that's been developing over five years? Or I reckon it's uh, been about four, four or five years now. Because mm-hmm. um, I actually uh, reached out before I started growing native foods to find out markets and got some mm. expertise to where, which direction to go. Mm. So, Dom, in terms of farming um, your ingredients and what you're doing, can you tell us more about how you got into farming? So, I actually went to Herbray Agriculture High School when I was, um, uh, yeah, 12, 13, and I started learning about different farming practices there, so aquaculture, um, wastewater management, and your traditional farming. Then I kind of went from there into a um, wastewater management course about eight years ago and that was aquaponics and kind of kicked off from there and then started different types. And your farm is located where? Uh, Monash, South Australia. And are you from South Australia originally? No, no, I'm actually from Queensland. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so may I ask, how did you you come to set up your farm in South Australia? Uh, I moved there when I was 16 and I loved the place. And you fell in love with the... With South Australia? Yeah, yeah. I've been in South Australia since I was about seven. And how many ingredients and how are you farming? Uh, I think I'm around 10 at the moment, but I'm moving towards 100 to see what works where I am and then keep branching out from there. And all Australian natives? Yeah, uh, yeah, at the moment. And can you walk us through what you are growing? Um, So I've got about 2,000 to 3,000 wattle trees in at the moment. 
I've got lemon myrtle, muntries, got two different types of bush tomatoes. I've got kwandongs growing, and then I'd grow uh, river mints in aquaponics, and then I have three different species I'll be doing, which is sea celery, sea parsley, and holy basil in the next couple of months. And Andrew, what were you originally buying from Dom? Oh, gosh. Uh, I think it just started out with rivet mint, didn't it, Dom? Because that's one thing that can grow obviously really well in aquaponics um, in the warmer country. Or warmer weather, should I say, yeah. Yeah, it's rivet mint, I reckon. And let's talk a bit about your history. You mentioned you were a chef and you've mm. been in distribution for, what did you say, 21 years? That's right, yeah. So uh, obviously um, as a chef I've just fell in love with the, the concept of trying to develop a, a true Australian cuisine right back in 1985 when I came back from Europe as a young chef. And um, I just realised travelling so much in Europe how, how much like the French and Italians were so passionate about food in their day. And I thought, we're not like that in Australia, and why? Why don't we have a true Australian cuisine in, in the modern era? And so I thought... Well, what is true Australian cuisine? Let me ask well, you that. Yeah, well, I think for us to have a true Australian cuisine, it must include a whole suite of Australian native flavours because, to me, a cuisine comes from the heart and the home. It's what people cook in the heart, from the heart in homes all over the world. It's one of the greatest hallmarks of any culture, I think, a cuisine. You know, it's food. And it's so connected to culture, food, and the storyline. So, yeah, it's, um, it's really important to, um, uh, I think, for Australia to develop its own modern Australian cuisine where we combine the old ancient wisdom with modern techniques. And education would play a big role in that. Absolutely. Um, so I think the, uh, the whole key is to get our young people in schools. Um, I've developed this education kit, which, which goes out to some schools now, which helps teachers, uh, empower teachers, to teach their kids right in year seven and eight um, about Australian native foods. And the challenge is to get every young kid in Australia in the next few years cooking with native foods in home economics in high school. Oh, that's a, that's a wonderful goal, isn't it? Isn't it great? And it's, I would imagine, not only cooking, but also, for those that don't cook, tasting it. Oh, yeah. You know, understanding what those flavor profiles are. What is wattle sea? What is river mint? You know, not only the culinary application, but what are those flavors when you are on the other end and you're the recipient? So, uh, Dom, do you like to cook? Uh, yes. Um, I actually was a chef in the army. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And I cooked many years before that, too. What kind of cuisine do you like to cook? Um, well, I actually love cooking meat and sauces. Mm-hmm. Um, my son, he, he's uh, 12, he likes cooking dessert, so he's been using some of the natives. <laughs> Good balance. Uh, yeah. Actually, I've been watching your socials and I see the cho- chocolate and river mint go very well together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely on the cards once a week. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you see edible reconciliation going as a business model? Well, right now we're yes. going to Uluru this week to do cooking demonstrations together and a, and a guest chef dinner for NADOC week as well. But in terms of company future, we, uh, we are really committed to two main things. One is developing some higher volume value-added native food flavour products that help pull through demand. And then we're really very committed to making sure that demand comes through Edible Rec and it's in its growing Indigenous supply chain. Because um, as Dom um, and I have agreed right from the start, 
the whole goal is to um, ensure we um, increase Indigenous participation in the native food supply chain. And at the moment you're doing that through lamingtons and popcorn, is that right? Yep. So the lamingtons, what's, what's interesting about you choosing lamingtons is everyone's very familiar with lamingtons, aren't they? But yeah. can you walk us through the flavors that you've, you've incorporated into your lamingtons? Uh, so one of them is Geraldton Wax. So, um, Which is an Australian native? Yes, yep. yes. Originally from Western Australia, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, but it also grows across uh, South Australia as well. And the flavor mm. profile of Geraldton Wax, um, actually Lucy and I wrote an article for Hospitality Magazine on Geraldton Wax and not long ago, and it's, it's got um, very similar notes to lemongrass, doesn't it? Mm, and kaffir limey. Mm. It's beautiful, beautiful. Mm. Goes so well with a little lamington and the chocolate coating and coconut. And then the popcorn? I mean, that's when you think about it, I, I don't think about Australian native ingredients and popcorn. Like, it no. just doesn't. So, how cool you guys have thought, okay, here's a vehicle, here's a way of getting these flavors Correct. out. Yeah. It's about choosing something, too, that's actually low cost because, um, you know, um, there's a lot of value added native stuff out there. But, you know, you might be seeing jams and sauces and things that are 12 or 15 or $18 a jar, you know, and that's just going to always be low volume. We want to drive volume for the native food industry that will pull through and, and deliver economic benefits to Indigenous people. So we've got to go for some of those high volume, cheap staples, like a popcorn is quite cheap as a snack. So why not just use that as our carrier to deliver the flavour and to deliver the message about edible reconciliation. So how many flavours of popcorn do you have? And it's Australian-grown corn, yeah. So we've got three at the moment. So one would be wattle seed, another one is a nice myrtle, and a lemon myrtle one too. So when we talk about roles within edible reconciliation, Dom, can you elaborate on your role? So one of the roles that I take is... Um, so uh, actually doing a nursing degree. So I'm in third year next year. And one of the key things I'd like to see is a holistic healing approach towards people, country and land. So it's about taking young people and putting them on the land to learn about different uh, bush medicines, uh, connecting back to land and learning about culture and the storylines that would come with that. Um, you know, if we're talking uh, future stuff, I'd like to see more farmers in um, the, the sector that are Indigenous but it doesn't just stop there. It can go into universities or whatever, but it's just got to start. And how long have you had this drive? Is it something you've had from a young boy or is this something that's come to light recently? Uh, the reason I got into business was with this um, young people focus because it's, um, it's about changing mindsets and having generational changes. And Andrew, your role within Edible My role um, as a chef is I love to cook with these flavours. It's been my passion since 1985 and I bring to the company that passion and drive. And um, so I'm all about developing new products. I just love developing new ideas and concepts and providing solutions in bigger and bigger opportunities for manufacturing so we can really pull through larger volumes of native foods um, and that will in turn re return those benefits back to First, Na First Nations peoples. So is your first approach to really look at the national market and see how you can get that distribution happening and then export? Are you looking at export? Would, yeah, that's yes. on the cards one day. Yeah, definitely. would love to. Because if we can share... Um, 
So if we're talking about uh, change and socioeconomic changes for Indigenous people, then we need to have the big markets. We've only got 26 million, uh, million people here. If we're going on a world scene, then we're looking at, you know, so there's 7 billion. Mm. So it's a definite different market. And to get the volumes needed to help community, that's where we need to go. Yeah. And it's about us all working and walking together too, isn't it, Dom? It's not just about Indigenous peoples taking the, the commercialisation of native foods off and running with themselves. It's not about white Australians doing that. It's about us working together forward to a mutual goal, to mutual success where we're walking and working together because that's where the success will come from. So working with non-Indigenous farmers to have Indigenous people go onto land and plant it up would be a great benefit going towards the future. Mm. Yep. Absolutely. And then the educational piece, you said you're flying um, to Uluru and you're going to be teaching a cooking class. We're doing two cooking demonstrations for NAIDOC week mm-hmm. and we have a lovely dinner that we've planned at, at the, the Pioneer Hotel in the village. And these cooking demonstrations, are they for consumers? Are they for the yes. general public or yes. for industry? Yes, it's for the, for the general punters out there, the, all the tourists and travellers, and we're hoping that they'll, you know, take a, a packet of lemon myrtle or pepper leaf with them on their camping trip or their travels and, and put it into a damper when they're cooking out bush. Oh, that sounds delicious. You're making me hungry. It's quite (laughs) early. And um, yeah, that sounds delicious. So in terms of seasonality, how are you um, managing the ebb and flow, Dom, of your crops, given what's going on? I mean, I think recently there was a hailstorm. There's been two. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Massive rain. So how are you managing that? Uh, Look, it's uh, it's about just coping with it. Um, There's nothing I can do with it. And it's just go with the flow. Um, Next year's a new year. So you just uh, do what you can. So with the range of the popcorn and the lamingtons, is it your um, ambition and aspiration to expand those ranges as well as adding many others to the range? Oh, absolutely. Yep, to keep growing the opportunities, um, just starting with those those couple of staples, but, but there's a lot of other opportunities in almost any sphere of, of food manufacturing, we think. But it's not just... Um, foods it's about botanicals as well and the um, native uh, extracts for the cosmetic industries and pharmaceuticals and all that um, that also has a huge potential worldwide worldwide um, and what's great is that um, you know um, edible reconciliation is attracting that sort of attention now where uh, we're engaging with some uh, extract companies who have big clients who are looking to really invest into the source Straight to the source, We're should I say. <laughs> yes. Um, right down to the specific Indigenous communities that are growing for their brand. That's where we see some wonderful opportunities for Indigenous people. That's exciting stuff. Yeah, that is exciting. Yeah. Okay. Well, watch this space. Yep. I think the, the old Bush Telegraph is working really well. Um, some communities are hearing about what Edible Reconciliation is doing and about our desire and our t- intent to build this genuine and transparent Indigenous supply chain. And so um, everyone needs distribution for their product and some communities will just be very happy to pass it straight on to a distributor. Some communities might want to do their own value-adding and marketing themselves. It's... It's their choice. But what Edible Rec is here for is to help build that supply chain and for whichever way the community wants to go, all the, all the Indigenous um, individuals or non-Indigenous Australians getting into the sector, we want to help all. 
where we can. Well, Dom and Andrew, this has been um, a great morning learning about edible reconciliation. And in terms of, you know, if you had a, a parting statement or something to, to leave us thinking about, what, what would that be? So one of the concepts we're working on is a modern taste with ancient wisdom. <laughs> I love the sound of that. Ancient yeah. taste with modern wisdom. Yes. Yeah. Combining that um, incredibly um, old knowledge with modern Australian food and flavours, taking it to into the next century. So we think you know, edible reconciliation, just one bite at a time, can go a hell of a long way. <laughs> on that note, I think we'll, um, we'll send you back to the airport. You're on your way. Yeah. And um, thank you so much for coming in. It's been just wonderful learning more about your business and seeing you both in the flesh. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you again down in South Australia. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. you.